Welcome to Strategies for Turbulent Times with your hosts, Matthew Werner and Dr. Kathy Greenberg, here to help you stare down adversity, adapt, improvise, and overcome the challenges you are facing in your own life. Now, here are Dr. Kathy and Captain Matthew. Well, welcome everybody to Strategies for Turbulent Times. Uh, we promised you that we would have Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman with us, and today we do have him. So I want to make sure everybody knows that we're, we are on track, on schedule, and ready to rock with our dear brother. Before we uh, bring Dave on, um, Matthew, anything you want to share with the audience? Well, happy Friday, everybody. And, you know, as we say it in the teens, uh, you know, on time, on target, and never quit. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody's getting ready to go into the new year, and I hope that you carry that with you, um, you know, just for your own motivation to uh, do whatever it is that you want to do for 2024. But, you know, happy holidays and, uh, you know, happy new year. Well, we are delighted uh, that uh, we are getting ready here for an exciting conversation we have introduced Dave in the past. For those of you who uh, who don't know Dave, just let me do a quick uh, summary here of all of Dave's amazing accomplishments. And I think Dave is, uh, you know, he's best known uh, as an American author, in addition to being a, a number one trainer for law enforcement. And just to update everybody, you know, he's been conducting seminars on the psychology of lethal force for some time. And now he is focused on Grossman on Truth. And we're going to talk about that transition today. You know, he has made a revolutionary contribution to our understanding of killing in war and the, the psychological cost of war and the root causes of what we see today as this current virus of violent crime that we see across the world, and now the process of healing the victims of violence in war and peace. You know, his books range from On Killing, The Psychological Cost of Learning to Kill in War and Society, to On Combat, which is the psychological and physiological uh, cost of deadly conflict in war and peace, which is an extension of that first book. And he has also written many, many other books, including uh, Stop Teaching Our Kids to Kill, A Call to Action Against TV, Movies, and Video Game Violence. And he has several new books that we're going to talk about today. So let's jump right in here. Dave Grossman, welcome to the show. Oh, uh, hello, Kat. Hello, Matt. You know, the... Uh... Uh, I just want your listeners to understand and appreciate what an amazing, amazing couple of individuals you guys. There's nobody on the planet like that. Cat uh, and Matt, you know, where it's at to the second power, you know, where it's at squared, you know, Cat and Matt. But, uh, I, I, you know, uh, uh, your listeners, you know, for a while you guys lived on a yacht, nice little yacht, nice marina. Oh, a hurricane comes through, right? And Matt, now Matt is this, 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 this tier one boat guy. He's the, the Uber Uber god of, of uh, a demigod of, of boat stuff, and uh, and so he secures the boat to the pier and the pier to the boat, and uh, this interlocking, interweaving, scientifically done. Hurricane comes through, 
every single boat in the marina is wiped out except yours. Yeah, little 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 superficial damage, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, but but rocking on. I mean, now they they all want to bear his children. I'll tell you what, it's just and and, and meanwhile, uh, Doctor Kathy, you know, she, she, I, I I I enjoy spending time with them. Uh, more than just about anybody else on the road. They're one of their favorite couples to spend time with. So I was joking. I said, you know, I asked uh, Kathy, I said, you know how to know, tell if your dog or your husband loves you the most? She said, why? I said, yeah, lock them both in the trunk of the car, come back an hour later, see which one still loves you. And she laughed. <laughs> and, and, and this is important. And then she said, you know, that wouldn't work with my husband. And she's right. you got to understand, here's one of the plank holders for emotional intelligence. Here's this this amazing tier one guy, the two of them together have a synergy. I, I just want to follow along and pick up the breadcrumbs from where these guys go and what they do. So all you listeners out there, uh, this is an amazing couple of individuals just pushing the frontiers of knowledge and wisdom, uh, a combination of read. There cannot possibly be any power couple on the planet equivalent to these two. And, uh, and uh, uh, just anything they do has got to be world-class. Hang in there, see what they got to say, ping things off of them, uh, they're where it's at to the second power. They truly are. Oh, Dave. I, I, I'm gonna just, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Matt. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, but I just want to add this tidbit. With that story about the trunk of the car, the reality is I wouldn't be in the trunk of the car. The dog would still be in the trunk of the car, but I would be in the And that, that just, again, it, it takes it to the next level. Absolutely right. Oh, trunk of the car. <laughs> I can't stop me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the dog only weighs 15 pounds. I could pick him up and put him in there, you know, pretty easily. But Matt, you know, 200 and some pounds, six foot four. you know. I'm not even sure he'd fit in there unless I broke his knees and folded him up like a envelope. But <laughs> Good luck getting me. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Of course, now if Matt's ever missing, the police know where to come right away, right? Oh. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you tell that story about Matt saving our boat, um, you know, bless the universe because he tied that boat so well, he saved 20 other boats in the marina. And, um, you know, it's, it's fascinating. When he was doing all that, I was inside the boat, obviously, watching, and I thought to myself, if this is what a spider would look like in human form, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Like, over the one almost... side, then over the other side, and this rope goes uh-huh. here, and that rope goes there. It was quite impressive, I have to say. Not to mention the, you know, ten or fifteen uh, fenders uh, that he added to the poles, and uh, even with that, you know, when you have a what was a man a cat five, cat six. I think they changed it from a hurricane to a to something else, right? Well, it was a Category 4, but it was literally like 1 to 2 miles per hour uh, south of a Category 5. And just, let's be honest. I mean, we, we've had, uh, honestly, 215-mile-per-hour tornadoes that spun up in our marina as well. So I'll let the media do whatever they want for, you know, insurance and all that. But it was a hellacious storm. Hurricane Ian. Well, you weathered the storm, hurricane. and that's what you guys do. You know, all of the crazy stuff that the world throws at you, you weather it, and uh, and you're stronger for the experience. I mean, just the, the example of, of thriving under under uh, adversity, uh, good stuff, good stuff. And uh, 
I think we got some things to share with the audience today to kind of take that to the next step. Well, I, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And let me just give a shout out to our sponsors uh, before we get into our deep conversation. Um, MagnusWorks.com, uh, Resilience and Wellbeing Platform, and National Command and Staff College. And we are so proud to have them as our sponsors. And I just want to also remind everybody uh, Matthew and I will be at all the TACOPS conferences in 2024, and we will be there with a great buddy of ours. Uh, his name is Mark Ozgeist. Uh, you may know him from his fame in the movie 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, and we hope you'll join us uh, starting off in April. So before we kick into this conversation, Dave, with you, we heard you've had a great year and you feel like going into the new year things are coming back to normal tell us a little bit about what you've been up to well you know uh, uh you know I, I i've trained all of our tier one spec ops guys i've trained all of our armed forces uh, most of canadian armed forces i'm late on to go to ukraine and train their folks that ukrainian translation of on combat has come out. Uh, the publisher tells me U.S. Embassy bought a thousand copies to distribute Ukrainian troops. Wow. And, uh, we're looking at going there to train their folks. But you know, just giving an angle on it, um, when the war started uh, in Afghanistan, it was Canada's first shooting war since Korea, and they wanted to do everything they could to, to do it right, including having Grossman come and present to the regiment for their point. And one one Canadian regimental commander told me, you know, it, it, you know. It, 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 20 years down the road, right? regiment after regiment deployed, and they bring me out to train almost everyone. He said, well, you know, we brought the lads back from the first deployment. I said, okay, what worked? And they said, Grossman. He, he told us what was going to happen. He told us what to do about it. And that same cycle just kind of repeated itself. So I've been doing that with law enforcement and uh, for 26 years, since I got out of the Army uh, 26 years ago. I now spent more time on the road doing this a couple hundred days a year than I spent in the Army 24 years. And uh, uh, training law enforcement, um, they're in the real acid test. Uh, you know, uh, uh, if, if you do something stupid, uh, you die, and bad things happen. And, uh, and so in this ultimate acid test realm of constant life and death uh, dynamics, my stuff has really taken off. I'm I'm the only law enforcement trainer, I believe, uh, post-certified in all 50 states across years, every federal agency. But when the whole defund the police insanity roared up, uh, they, they cancel culture came at me full bore. Uh, all the insanity you could imagine, a full bore, you know, left-wing cancel culture, you know, this is the guy training the killer cops out there, and humma, humma, and that. And uh, the, the, the title we're under was uh, Killology.com. In my book on killing, we coined the concept of killology. You know, criminology is not about teaching people to be criminals. Killology is not about teaching people to kill. But understanding the factors that enable and restrain violence in our society. And, uh, and we were always intentionally a little uh, provocative, the book on killing. And, uh, you know, a guy from, sent me an email from France. He said, you know, if I've been, I was sitting on a plane in France reading on killing. And he said, if I've been reading pornography, it, it would have been better as far as, you know, what's this weirdo doing this stuff? So it was provocative, but uh, you don't you don't meet head-to-head. You, you sidestep. You know, it's, a, it's a judo, it's jiu-jitsu, you know. Uh, so we, we rebranded the grossmontruth.com. 
two books came out in uh, uh, in this year, in the spring of, of uh, 2023, On Hunting came out. I've always wanted to write that book. It's some great uh, co-authors, wonderful publisher. You can't understand combat. You can't understand killing it until you understand the role of hunting, who we are and what we do. You know, if, if as a species, we existed for 24 hours up until the last six minutes, all we did was hunt. It's who we are. It's what we're wired to do. But it's more complex. We're in the middle of the food chain, and, and we fought our way to the top of the food chain. And then uh, we had the companion, the, the Bulletproof Mind uh, uh, companion for my presentation. And then released on January 1st will be my book on spiritual warfare. So it's been a, a great time. But now, you know, uh, the pandemic, I, I got a couple of books written. I had some good things happen. But now we're back on the road. Had the best December I've had in, in a decade uh, January's a little light if anybody needs me, but then the rest of the year just packed full and we're rocking on and somewhere in there we'll fit in a week in Ukraine and we're working on maybe being able to go to Israel and do the same thing for their folks there in the middle of that tragedy and be available to them. It's going to be a great year, guys, and uh, and it's all about uh, uh, providing the resource that people need in tragic times. Uh, and if, if your product is of value to them, they will come back. They will seek it out. Uh, when the war first started, uh, here I was, you know, and I'd never done much, you know, re- retired Army Ranger, but n- and never much happened during my tour. The, uh, Vietnam was over, and uh, and uh, I got out in 96, well before the, you know, the, the GWAT, the Global War on Terror. And uh, these Tier 1 guys, war began, and they're bringing me in to train them. I thought, who am I to train these Navy SEALs, these Green Berets, these, these guys, you know, can't even talk about. It. And what I realized, and this is important, the more elite they are, the more they appreciate what you have to give them. You know, one of my worst classes, and, and they're all good, but a bunch of baby cops right out of the academy, they don't know what they don't know. And, and, and they're one of the hardest audiences. And uh, it's just, just been deeply rewarding for a quarter of a century, over a quarter of a century, on the road over 200 days a year. My little bride of, uh, of 48 years, my high school sweetheart, uh, Waits for me at home, and I can't go visit, clean underwear, and back on the road again. But it's been a good ride, and 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 it just validates the fact that the 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 more the demand is placed upon them, the more elite the organization, the more they are sincerely seeking information. So if you think you've got it under control, if you think you don't need what Cat and Mather given you, I, I would submit to you that you're on the wrong page. The truly, truly great ones are always seeking that next level, that next step to bring them up to that next level of performance. And uh, and that's what you guys are doing. Just world-class combination of, of Tier 1 spec ops and Tier 1 scientific community brought together. Uh, and, and and it's been a great ride. Uh, this coming year, GrossFanonTruth.com, a couple new books, a uh, calendar filling up, and uh, uh, and these are good times to be in the fight. These are good times. The world needs what you have to give. I love it, Dave. I, I tell you, I know that's kind of a little bit under the weather here, but, um, you know, a couple no, things just, to just I'm bring just, through. I was just blown away and speechless there for a second. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it's uh, you're doing amazing things. And, uh, you know, this, this book that's coming out the first of the year here, I'm super excited, especially being in the wars. With uh, Iraq, uh, you know, Afghanistan, you know, even Africa, um, you know, just around the globe for 25 years. 
a lot of that, when I talk about elevate your mindset, you know, the stuff that we go through, um, every one of us that serve in the United States military, um, and even law enforcement, it's like, what is this war about? You know, what are these politics about? Like, what is going on here? I mean, you come into a career of being a warrior, you don't really understand what it's all about. Now, next thing you know, you see decisions being made, you see, you know, political changes being made, and you just start looking for a higher being, like, God, what is this all about? So I'm super excited yeah. about this book coming out in 2024. Yeah. Well, you know what? My book on spiritual combat came out a couple of years back, Christian Book Award finalist, really, really done well. Uh, it was kind of a companion book on combat to take it up that next level. And now on spiritual warfare, you know, on spiritual combat, that was really basic equipment issue and basic training. And, and then we take the next step with this book coming out uh, January 1st. But, uh, you know, when we talk about resiliency, when we talk about sustaining yourself, uh, one of the pillars of resiliency around the planet is faith. And, uh, and I think the ultimate example of resiliency, and we study people who do not get PTSD, I call it bulletproof mind. People walk out of Nazi death camps and do not have PTSD. And one of the greatest examples is Viktor Frankl, wrote some pretty amazing books, uh, uh, survivor of Nazi death camp. And, and he said, I realized the only thing universe, these Nazi bastards can't control is how I choose to respond. When you really embrace that fact, you, you can't control what's happening in the world. You can't control what that that idiots do and driving in traffic. You can't control anything in the universe except how you choose to respond to it. And, and that's that's the core of, of true wisdom and true self self control. Uh, you know, you, when if you lose your temper, you don't lose it. You gave it away. It's the only university you can control. Now, that's easy to say. ain't so easy to do. And, and I, I train for that, and I talk about that in my classes. But one of the things to understand is everything in the past is done. Got to let go of it. Let go of the past. Let it go. It's done. Uh, turn it over to higher power. And that's where faith comes into the equation. And, you know, one of the questions that, that you can't help but ask, and it's a uh, uh, this, it's not even about faith. It's an existential question that every human being has asked. is how could a loving God allow these terrible things to happen? And, and I think it's a really important answer to that question. We are not God's puppets. A, a loving God would not make you his meat puppet. Would a loving parent hover over you every minute of every day for your entire life, controlling and protecting? No, no. Hey, if you ever descend, uh, you know, if you love something, let it go. If it truly belongs to you, it'll come back to you. And that's how much God loves us. He loves us enough to let us make our own decision. And that means a lot of people make bad decisions. He said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. I sent you. So having that, uh, that higher power as part of the dynamic uh, is, is really part of the equation. And having that somebody to hand these things over to and, and to focus on the things you can control, I, I think that lies at the heart of it. And the, the faith-based book, uh, we also had uh, uh, the Bulletproof Marriage, 90-Day Devotional, uh, Christian Book Award Finest. Uh, yeah, so those, those books have been of value to an awful lot of people. We, we did Bulletproof Marriage, 90 days, 10 minutes a day, sheepdog and spouse. And we said, would, would anybody really do this? 
We've got over 700 five-star reviews on Amazon right now. And, and reading some of the reviews, you can see where people actually did it and uh, what an enormous impact it had on them. And, and so this faith is, is part of that equation that we can leverage. Uh, if, if you think it has a place in your life, then these are a value. If you don't think it has a place in your life, then you need this even more. Just to be able I to, totally to, agree. to get that part of the equation under control. Absolutely, Dave. And I, I tell you, I was going to bring up that bulletproof marriage. Um, but right now, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, thank you for dialing in. And we're having just such a, a beautiful, amazing um, conversation with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. And uh, we'll look forward to having you back here in a couple of minutes. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Results will always favor the peak performer. MagnusWorks is a cutting-edge mobile app to help you and your team build peak performance across 11 critical well-being domains to go from great to Magnus. MagnusWorks balances individuals with real-time tailor-made check-ins with pulse vibes to increase mental, physical, and emotional well-being. It spans every aspect of your daily life. Get started now. Inspire, educate, impact, and transcend. MagnusWorks.com. That's Magnus, W-O-R-X, dot com. How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Strategies for Turbulent Times. Have a question for Dr. Cat or Captain Matt? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Strategies for Turbulent Times. We are having an intriguing conversation with one of the greats in our world, and that is our brother, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. And when we went to a commercial break, we were talking about what your focus is now with Grossman on Truth. And I want to share a story with you 
And given your new book on hunting, I'd, I'd like you to kind of uh, take a perspective here. So a while back, uh, I was delivering a program with a former assistant chief uh, from a uh, uh, fairly large organization in, uh, in Florida. And he was telling the class a story about a gentleman who was helping support his team find a, a body. They, they had a, a murder. Uh, they knew that the body uh, would be found in a certain area, but they were having a very hard time finding the body. And the gentleman who came to their rescue, who did that obviously just, you know, as a team member, not knowing that he was going to win the day, was a hunter. And he basically said, look, I think the body is over in this direction. And if you look at the birds and if you look at what's going on in the environment in that direction, I'm pretty sure we're going to find the body over there. And lo and behold, they followed his cues. And sure enough, they found that body. Now, they would not have gone in that direction and they would not have looked at those cues had they not had the advice of this very young and very smart uh, law enforcement professional who was new on the job but had been a hunter for quite some time. Love, love your insight on that, Dave. You know, it's, it's an angle. Uh, I've interviewed more people been in combat than anybody in human history. I, I truly believe that nobody would have had the opportunity just on the road, uh, 26 years, plus all the interviews I did before I retired for my book on killing every day, you know, stories, examples. Uh, and, and I believe the single best way to prepare for combat is to hunt. And many, many reasons. And if you don't hunt, you know, uh, talk to your friends that do. If you do hunt, just stay in that groove. But uh, uh, this, this whole dynamic, I'll give you an example. My, my grandson, he's in the Army now, grandson in the Army now, but my grandson uh, uh, went to deer camp with us one, one time. He was seven years old. He got out of school for a week, came back all grubby and dirty. His mom said, what would you like the best? He said, gutting the deer. For a seven-year-old boy... What was inside that deer was fascinating. This is the liver, and this is the kidney. It's a heart. Those are the lungs. Uh, you got the same stuff inside you, and you smell the same inside you. And and, uh, and we slapped the back strap on the grill and put some barbecue sauce on it and then food on the table. And, it, it, you know, if the first time you experience what's inside a living creature, some terrible crime scene, some horrible combat scene, then we set you up for failure. You should have been exposed to that from a youngest days. You know, it should mean food on the table. And then the whole dynamic of, of taking a life, being part of the cycle of life, uh, you cannot truly grasp it until you're the hunter, until you're there in the middle of all of that. Even one of the things we cover in the book is the whole ecology of, of what's going on. And we used Kenya versus uh, Botswana. And uh, in, in Kenya, they banned all trophy hunting. And their game is just being slaughtered. The locals are slaughtering them for food. They can't afford game wardens to protect them. Meanwhile, in Botswana, they, they drew a circle around every village and said, everything in this circle belongs to you. So that crazy American who will spend $100,000 come shoot that lion, who is at the end of his life cycle anyway. And oh, by the way, death by old age and nature is a horrible, hideous, slow death. 
I mean, if you don't have a predator, and by the predators will eat you while you're still alive without without hesitation. You know, it's, it, even a predator is not a quick death. But if you don't have a predator to give you a quick death, you're you're eaten alive by insects and and rodents for for days before you finally die. Days of terrible pain. Death by old age and nature is not a good death. So a, a quick humane death at the end of the life cycle. Uh, $100,000 goes into the village. Uh, the guy brings back the head. The villagers get everything else. And, uh, and, and they can afford all the game wardens and protect everything. And just this model of, of uh, who else is going to spend that kind of money to protect their game? And, and it's just a win-win, uh, the role of the hunter. In North America, we see Ducks Unlimited. We see the vast amounts of, of land that's been set aside uh, for waterfowl and the vast amount of land that's been set aside for hunting. Uh, those millions of hunting licenses and deer tags and, uh, uh, and those, those are where the money comes from to, to sustain the Department of Natural Resources. So it, it's all part of it, but you truly are not one with the wilderness. You truly are not in tune with the cycle of life until you've hunted. And I wrote on killing, I wrote on combat, but I knew the third book in the series really needed to be on hunting to fully grasp it. And I'm I'm just almost grasping at words uh, to, to understand how important this book on hunting is. I know it fits into the equation of who we are, and it's also a tremendous growth industry. During the pandemic, many people turned towards self-sustainment and to harvesting their own protein, uh, you know, and, uh, and all the good stuff that comes out of it. We're, we're excited about this book. Uh, just came out in the spring. I'm going to be at um, uh, I'm going to be at the chat show this year. And immediately after the SHOT Show, Brass Pro there in Las Vegas, biggest Bass Pro in America, is going to do a book signing. They bought a bunch of copies of On Hunting. They will be giving copies away, and I'll be signing them there at Bass Pro right at the SHOT Show in Las Vegas. And uh, we hope to do the same with a couple of other entities uh, after the SHOT Show. And uh, and so the book will be available there. You can get a free copy signed by the author. I, I, I can make it happen for you. And uh, and the whole idea of you, Kat, as an anthropologist, uh, I think people lose track of who you are. You know, you're you're this this uh, you know, emotional intelligence uh, blank holder guru, and yet uh, you know your foundation really was in anthropology and and how much hunting uh, weaves into that field and 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 what that has to give to us as a species and as individuals. Well, you know that's. That's a very powerful concept, and, and you know, having been uh, in the Congo, um, I know exactly what you're, what you're talking about. For those of you who have not, uh, you know, been in regions where you have uh, been able to hunt or into any part of Africa, uh, you know that uh, it is very important uh, to the communities there to give back, uh, to rebuild uh, their infrastructure. Matt, um, give me some some context here for how uh, growing up on a farm, uh, being uh, somebody who raised, you know, uh, pigs. I mean, your whole family uh, was in the, the pig processing business talking about what, uh, what Dave was just sharing. Did that help prepare you for what you saw? Uh, in in your career? Yeah, without question, I, I absolutely say yes. Um, you know, when I talk about the foundation of, you know, just when you're a young buck, you know, you know, just growing up, 
the foundation is appreciation, the appreciation of life, okay? But also the second foundation is to learn how to survive, and that's a part of the appreciation of life and the appreciation of what you have in front of you. It's not about what somebody else has or what you see and the grass is greener on the other side, but it's more about like, you know what, I'm being fed, whether it's spiritual, whether it's, you know, volume of, uh, you know, food, uh, water, the bare essential element of life, and what it takes to actually drill and get quality water and test it. Um, growing up in an environment like that, it absolutely set me up for success on getting through what I've been through throughout a career, but also through life. And um, just the, the appreciation and respect of understanding what it takes as a human to survive. And then I don't want to get too off uh, task here, but we're off track here. But the reality of how our brains, now that I'm getting a little bit more educated, you know, sure. going from knuckle dragger to now, you know, being around superstars like uh, yourselves um, and understanding how our brain operates, it's our brains op- our brains operate off of survivability. And that's just a fact since humans became like Dave and you so well said, you know, we went from the middle of the food chain to the top of the food chain. How do we do that? Because we learned how to survive. Okay. Now, if you don't have a solid foundation on how to survive, then you're not going to do very well in the game of life. I think that's the bottom line. And when you you do well in the game of life, then, you know, it's, it's setting that solid foundation. That's what I take from it. Oh, so well said, Matt. In order for us to survive, something has to die. You know, right now your body is killing millions of microorganisms. And, and, and if we don't do that, you'll rot and die. You know, when we stop killing, we die. You know, well, I'm a vegetarian. Well, you know, guess what? We had to exterminate millions of rats and mice around the granaries around the world or they'd get in the granary and they'd reproduce exponentially and eat all the grain and we'd all starve. In order for us to live, something has to die, and and we got to be in tune with that. You know, with you raising uh, raising a- animals and and knowing that for us to live, they have to die, and that's part of the cycle of life. Most people c- today can go through their whole life and never once actually witness death, uh, never once actually be in tune with that cycle of life. And, and of course, so much of what we do in the military is about being in the wilderness, being one with the wilderness. A great example a cat made about the hunter uh, and being tuned to the wilderness and what's going on around you. And uh, so, so that that's a part of who we are and what we do. And uh, and and I I think it, you know what what Matt's saying there is is uh, is so vitally important that it's got to be part of your life from the youngest days. And if you, if you didn't have that opportunity, then go out and grab it. And hunting is one of the ways that we can do that and put, you know, harvest your own protein and put meat on the table that, you know, is, uh, has been, has been well and truly sourced and, uh, and, and sustain your family through the, through your efforts. Uh, it, it's a win-win across the board. Amen, brother. And I tell you, kind of, and I'm just going to jump in here. You know, on, on some of your books, like The Assassination Generation, you know, it, it goes into, you know, when you talk about, um, you know, the desensitization of the human brain on everything that we're talking about right now, it's the respect. The bottom line is respect of life and also yes. the respect of the weapon that you're using when you do go hunting. 
And I think that all too often when you see books like on hunting, on killing, on combat, they immediately go, well, this is going to be a brainwashing. No, it's teaching you the respect of life, bottom line. Oh, that's well said. I, I wouldn't have thought of it that way. That really lies at the heart of it. You know, the hunter, when you look at this this creature that you've just killed, um, I, I held my granddaughter's ears when she shot her first deer. A uh, little bit of a blood trail. There's always a thrill following a blood trail. You know, a little bit of a thrill. Uh, and, and then there it is. And, and she kind of gasped and she put her hand on it. And this understanding that this creature, and we, we turned the, she was in her senior year in high school, we turned the whole thing into venison jerky. And she took it to college with her and, 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 and nibbled on it for a whole freshman year. But, but to understand this, this, to be truly, to respect that life that you have taken, and to respect the fact that it died for you to have life, and that, that that's the only way we can live, is, is to be in tune with that, to respect the weapon, and respect the animal, uh, I, and Brian, I, 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 if we go back and and, uh, and plug the book more, I think that term respect, respect the animal, respect the weapon, would have been something we could have woven in there a little bit more to make it just a little bit stronger. Well, you know, Dave, as you're talking about this, I, I think about the work uh, that Matthew and I do with law enforcement across the nation, and you know, when you're successful, a challenge meets action. And we talk about giving people the tools to understand and manage yourself before you understand and manage others. And it seems to me, with our 25-plus years of scientific research on, you know, emotional intelligence, which, you know, we call emotional brilliance, it's understanding how you're going to respond in any environment that is, in fact, the challenge that we have to meet in today's public safety environment. And this is one aspect of it. It's that emotional reaction that can take us off track, that gets us into trouble. And so what all of us are doing in our respective ways is delivering on application of teaching people self-discovery, and exploration through, you know, hunting or understanding the effects of hunting or emotionally responding. We call it emotional fitness in our, our forthcoming uh, programs on the 11 rings uh, or the 11 domains of, of well-being. The book is called The 11 Rings. So we're all working towards the same end for public safety. It's really about, as we like to call it, the name noticing, accepting, managing, and expressing emotions safely, and having that experience from which to draw those responses. You know, one of that, too, uh, just, you know, a simple model that I've floated that's been embraced is the idea of the sheepdog. I actually have a U.S. government trademark for sheepdog as a term for protector. And, uh, you know, Matt really said something important at uh, that we're, we've been in the middle of the food chain. We have the chisel teeth of a rabbit and the grinding molars of a grass eater, but we also have the gripping fangs of a predator. And we have the neurons to, to be a, a crappy self-run like hell prey, and we also have the neurons to be the wily hunter. But it's no fun to be prey. 
We've spent all these vast amounts of time fighting our way to the top of the food chain. We don't like to be prey. But when you embrace the the sheep, if, if, if you're the sheep, then you'll always be running. You'll always be the prey. But if you're the sheepdog, then you are the predator. Then you have embraced the full wellness of who we are and the top of the food chain, what we want to do. So this idea of, of having been a species that, you know, we, we, we talk about in India just a century ago, over 100,000 a year were killed by tigers. Over 100,000 people a year just a century ago killed by tigers. And, uh, and, and that, they were in the middle of the food chain. And it's no fun to be in the middle of the food chain. We've, we've fought our way to the top of the food chain, and yet so many people are still rabbits. You know, they, they, they're constantly fearful. They're constantly in flight. They, and, and, you know, across all these decades of work with cops, I've had many comment on the fact that, you know, when we walk into a bar, if somebody's a hunter, they're less likely to have to get in a fight. They're less likely to be pushed. At some unconscious level, they're, they're the predator. They're, you know, they're, 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 they're predator, the sheepdog protecting the flock. They're not hunting. They're not a wolf. But they're the predator dedicated to protecting the flock. And, uh, and, and I've heard it over and over again. You know, the guy that's the hunter, the guy that's been around that block, uh, uh, he doesn't have to prove himself. He, they, they immediately sense that this is a sheepdog, not a sheep. And, uh, and it's part of the dynamic to prepare ourselves and, uh, uh, to equip ourselves for the challenges that lie in front of us during the, the, the years that come and how you spend your time, how you invest your resources. Uh, one of the ones to think about, and who would have really thought that that would float to the top, you know, among folks like us. But one of the things to think about is to is to become invested in the hunting process, and to raise your little ones in that process, harvesting your own protein and uh, and having an opportunity to be part of the cycle of life and and intimately familiar with what we're wired to do and what we've done. But again, if if the species we existed for twenty four hours up until the last six minutes, all we did was hunt. It's what we're wired to do. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I just, there's not too much, too many more words I can say <laughs> to cap, to add to that there, Dave. Um, it's, uh, your words of wisdom are just so, you know, it's just amazing. Um, so profound that uh, just what's running through my head right now, you know, in today's world, you know, you and I, we understand those concepts and, uh, but the thing I'm running through my head right now with what we see that society is doing, you know, what is the hunting going on when you see, you know, society face down into their electronics, you know, mm. trying to mm. survive. But the reality is, you know, a lot of us just see them just getting, you know, basically they're, they're, they're getting, you know, taken out. They're just like they're yeah. just walking around blindly. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that with uh, today's society? Oh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, uh, I've had the opportunity to co-present on many occasions with Officer Greg Stevens. Uh, May of 2015, uh, to draw the Prophet Muhammad Art Festival outside of Dallas, Texas. And uh, the FBI said it was the first ISIS-directed attack on American soil. These two idiots said, we want to die for the cause. What do we do? They said, go outside of Dallas, Texas, to the Draw the Prophet Muhammad Art Festival, kill them all. 
It could have been the Pulse nightclub times two. There were two of them. They had body armor. They have rifles. They rolled out of the vehicle at the south checkpoint for this, this and there was a, a, a 59-year-old traffic cop by the name of Greg Stevens. And uh, these two people rolled out of the vehicle, and uh, Greg killed them both. Over 30 rounds of rifle fire fired at Greg Stevens, didn't hit once. He's hitting with virtually every shot fired. Uh, just with, and one of the greatest feats of marksmanship and courage in American history. And, uh, and, and, and Greg talks about two things. First off, he said he trained for a lifetime. He, his department had open range one Saturday a month. And for 37 years, one Saturday a month, he was on the range. And, I, and he trained, and he, and he trained hard. He said, I made a monthly deposit in savings account in May of 2015. I made a major withdrawal. But the other thing he said was, if I'd have had my head buried in my cell phone, I'd be dead. Uh, uh, you know, we we think about the, the pig at the trough. We think about the you know the 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 the, the, the cattle uh, uh, eating at the grass. They got their head down. But right. you know, in the Bible, when Gideon selected the three hundred for the host of Israel, he selected the ones had their eyes on the horizon and brought the water up to their mouth. They always had their eyes on the horizon. I, I've I've trained myself. <laughs> you know, when I, I well, you got to be on that cell phone. Right things you got to do. I, I put my back to the wall and I, I hold that cell phone up in front of my face and I keep my peripheral vision going and you, you can train yourself to hold that thing up and, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and keep your vision going. You don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I refuse to be a grazing animal. I refuse to have my head bowed in my laptop, to have my head bowed in my cell phone. I bring it up and get my peripheral vision going. Uh, and I, I think of Greg Stevens, you know, if I'd have had my head Buried in my cell phone, I'd be dead. Uh, you know, if you got to use that thing, just keep your eyes on the horizon. Lift the phone up. Uh, there's, I, I, I hold it with my little finger and and uh, and, uh, and use my 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 thumb to tap it and uh, and got my eye, my vision up and my eyes up. I, I I think it's kind of the way the society is pulling us down to be a grazing creature with their head in the ground and for you know with their head down. Keep that head up. Keep your eyes alert. Train yourself to. Uh, Put your back to the wall, and I'm in airports all the time. Back to the wall, bring that cell phone up, at, uh, and and keep your right. peripheral vision going. Don't be don't don't be the prey. Don't have your head you know buried in the grass. Uh, you know, have your head up and be alert. And so much of what we're doing today, that electronic is pulling us down. When what we really need to do is be be alert and and keep your keep your eyes on the horizon, keep your back to the wall. These things don't take any more time. They don't take any more energy. It's a conscious decision to be the sheepdog and not the sheep. You know, I, lo- I love that, that story that you shared there, Dave, and some of the things that I just want to share with you and the audience, you know, especially when, you're, when it comes to, you know, marks, marks, marksmanship, um, you know, if you're just concentrating on the sights and the target, you don't see what's coming from the left and right. And if you don't do your sweep after you do eliminate that threat, then and you just, you know, kind of like rest on your glory, like, okay, I'm fine. You don't see the threat coming from the left and right. The other piece, too, with, when keeping your head out of the dash. Um, so when we're, you know, teaching, you know, young young sailors um, on how to operate these high-speed assault crafts, um, you know, you're doing, you know, 50, 60 knots on the water in a cigarette boat and any kind of seas, and they're just concentrating, you know, because you've got so much stuff going on. You've got so many... Uh, you got uh, so many variables. You got audible. You got uh, you know 
the wind, you got uh, everything plus the pounding that your body's taking, the shocks, the the unknowns that are constantly happening at such a quick rate of speed. And if you keep your head in the dash, you are so close to just eating it. And then I've seen so many guys get knocked out, you know, get busted teeth, get their face, you know, their their MVGs just knocked through their eyeballs. Not literally, but, you know, it's not fun uh, because if you don't get your head out of the dash and look at the horizon, then you are going to become a, uh, you know, somebody that, that's uh, going to be vulnerable to the end. You know, one of my favorite Captain Matt and, uh, and Dr. Dr. Cat uh, uh, stories is your death run bringing your, your yacht down to Florida. And, and, uh, and, and, and there's an example of, of somebody who, who thinks about the world differently. Can, can you share that story real quickly with us about you bringing that, that boat on down and what happened? And Kathy does such a great job of telling that story about you. <laughs> I'll let you take the helm on this one there, Kat. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not sure which part of that story you want to hear, but what I know is when I got on that boat in uh, – in the Jacksonville region. Dave calls it the dead run. <laughs> yeah, there's just about mutiny on the bounty there with everybody who'd, who'd been, you know, on the boat because Matthew owns the night. And he has absolutely no fear of running a large vessel through questionable waters uh, because of his training. At night. So even, and everybody even else, all these guys on, on the boat with him said, you know, nobody does this. Yeah, people don't, yeah, so, people don't you know, travel at night. Yeah, we had experienced professionals. I mean, for those of you who watched the show uh, Below Deck, we had one of the engineers from that show with us as well, who's become a friend. So we had a boat full of professional people. Uh, and by the time I got on the boat, they'd been underway for a few days. And it was you need to talk to Matt. He shouldn't be driving this thing at night. This is crazy. We're going to hit something. And so I was like, well, you know, I'm like, okay, let me, let me take this in and see if there's a girl right here. Of course, then I, I go, I go confront Matt, which of course, you know, is not a good thing to be doing while he's on the helm. <laughs> talk about emotionally unintelligent. But, um, you know, I explained to him that people were just not comfort. Uh, comfortable uh, and as comfortable as he was uh, with that uh, operability in the dark. And he was just like, well, they're just going to have to man up. Like, this is just how it's done. And I was like, well, you know, you, you had to, you know, a lot of training to do this. So you better think about how you want to operate your, your, you know, your team here if they are not psychologically safe. So I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Which, just you know, it manifests that whole idea. <laughs> yeah. But it's the perception, you know, and it's interesting because one of the guys, um, you know, he had, he had over, you know, I mean, he's been boating his whole life off of Hatteras. Fisherman, you know, real, real tough, big dude. Um, and to hear from him, like, like I was surprised to hear that, you know what, this whole operating at night, which I absolutely understand and they respect the, the, the dangers of it. But, uh, you know, I looked at Kat and I'm like, this is crazy. Um, you know, being taken off kilt because everything was safe. There's nothing. I mean, we're pulling into ports 
I got a 72 footer and I got two feet in off the bow, two feet off the stern and I'm sliding the sucker in, in like, you know, in Charleston, one of the biggest ports, um, you know, two o'clock in the morning. And, um, you know, just to, you know, it's just, an, it's eye opening on, I told Kat, the first thing I told her, I said, this whole time I've been telling you to go to bed, just relax, go to bed. Yeah. Everything's got to control. I'll, I'll wake you up <laughs> when, uh, when I need you, you know, the whole pirate, you know, <laughs> meetings will continue until morale improves. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's we just manifest. Whole off, dynamic. Yeah. Uh, you know, keeping your head up and being alert and, and, uh, and having a sense of mastery of your realm, uh, you know, the predator, not the prey. And you guys are the ultimate examples of the, the power couple that are pushing the envelopes of human, human understanding and coming from such a great background, such a, such a, privilege to be uh to be able to to spend time with you guys and uh, and i think all your listeners out there should realize that there's something something profoundly amazing happening with this couple here there's somebody you, you want to follow you want to listen to uh and just because interesting things are going to happen wherever they go and whatever they do <laughs> well let me um uh, say a couple things before we have to close the show here and, and the first is dave you know we we just adore you you are you are part of our family, and we love being with you on the road and look forward to it. And we adore our audience. We are up to well over 14,000 uh, on-demand listeners. Uh, wow. We started well in May, and that, uh, that says a lot for the audience and what they're, what they're interested in. And so we would love to hear uh, from the audience what some of the topics uh, they'd like to hear about in 2024. So if y'all are are up to uh, sending us a couple of emails, you can go to the host page and get in touch with us. And it's easy, Kathy at drkathygreenberg.com. Uh, and that's DR, no periods, no hyphens. And we would love to hear from you. And we love you, Dave. We thank you so much for helping us uh, get uh, our audience you know, inside of a, a very personal, intimate conversation about uh, the psyche of the mindset necessary to do the things that are top of mind. You know, if you look at the 2024 agenda for policing, uh, greater adoption uh, of precision policing uh, focused uh, on public safety models like using technology-driven strategies, um, immediate access to pictures and videos of suspects at, at incidents for, you know, arriving at, at, at better end points for, uh, you know, looking at uh, identification of suspects and, and closer community involvement in those clearance rates. And, of course, there's interoperability. We just talked about Matt's ability for interoperability on capability. <laughs> You have to take everybody into consideration, right? Everybody's capabilities will come into play when you deploy. And while you have technology, it has to be te technology that also includes the human emotional capability that enhances that human decision-making and, and information retrieval so that we get the right impact on our, on our law enforcement. And third... I've had the um, honor... Mitigating, recruiting, right? 
Yeah, so, just quick, just if I can add, I've, I've had the honor to introduce uh, a catch class uh, to cops on several occasions. They they kind of know me. They kind of trust me. This what CAT has got to give to law enforcement. We're hurting so bad. Recruiting is down. Retention is down. Crime has exploded. Uh, and 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 I told them this: what what CAT and Matt have to give is the next evolutionary step in law enforcement. And and all the things that Kat's talking about right here, just understand this is the next step forward in human development and law enforcement development uh, to to integrate what she's talking about here. When I first heard it, it didn't sink in. But the more you listen, the more you understand and uh, and, and can grasp it. Uh, the world needs what you have to give, folks. The world desperately needs what you have to give to take to that next level. Well, thank you, Dave. We appreciate that. And we know that. Uh, other people agree with that. So we love y'all. Have a wonderful, wonderful and safe entry into 2024, whatever you're up to. Dave, thanks for being you, uh, for being out there doing the heavy lifting. Matt, thanks for always being there for our amazing audience that is showing the love back. We love you. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Strategies for Turbulent Times. We hope Dr. Cat and Captain Matt were able to help you create a plan or simply steer clear of the unknown with ways to overcome challenges in your own life. Until next time, be brilliant and stay fearless. Fearless.